0: Like a squirrel gathering nuts for the long winter, I was recording podcasts this past December at a frenzied pace, anticipating the long haul a new album's production always brings. When it comes to writing albums, everything gets put on the back burner to tend to the home fire, and that includes this podcast. Farming rock riffage is of the utmost importance in my life. Everything takes a backseat, and all creative streams must be redirected for its good. I'm very happy to report that the songs we've got brewing are making me the most excited I've been since the time we were about to step into the studio to record Born a Lion back in 2002. Now, I know every band says shit like this, but the only rule we are adhering to for this record is... It's gotta be hard. JC and I keep exchanging emails about how great this batch of tunes are. So I'm very, very excited. And it is at this point that I can and must take a step back, clear out my ears, clean the palate, if you will. And that means getting these damn podcasts uploaded and out there in the ether. When it comes to podcast guests, and because they aren't chosen by anyone else but me, I've enjoyed having each one on. Of course, there are the go-to guys, like I've mentioned before, people like Wade McNeil and Brendan Canning who can waltz in here and throw down an entertaining episode with nothing to plug and just ramble in the most interesting way, which, when you think about it, is a skill unto itself. Someone who comes on here and can deliver three podcasts worth of talk in just one sit down is Damien Abraham, lead singer of Fucked Up. This episode is Damien's sixth appearance. And he's probably the default co-host at this point. Of course, after Nick Flanagan. What can I say about Damien that hasn't been said on the other five episodes? Just, Just listen to those intros. On the other hand, we are sitting on the cusp of Fucked Up's new album Glass Boys, which gets released on June 3rd. Already the song Paper the House is up online to hear, and is pretty much the same amazing fucked up we've all come to love. So I myself am looking extremely forward to this. And if Damien isn't going to plug it when he comes on here, I will. Fucked up, in my estimation, are a national treasure, and I'm just glad they're on our side. So that's my spiel as to why there was a month lag between episode number 70 with Decisive and this episode with Damien Abraham number 71. In other news, I'm very, 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 very proud to say that this podcast has officially exceeded a quarter million downloads, 250,000 downloads. Very, very proud of that. Thank you to everyone who has taken time to listen to an episode or episodes, or you've even subscribed to this. There are no plans of stopping, sometimes slowing down for various reasons, but Never stopping. I'm always a little shocked when someone comes up to me and says that they've heard a certain episode. You see, I do this shit in my room by myself, and it's wild when there's a real life confirmation that it's being heard. Another huge thank you is to Blue Mic Microphones and to Skull Candy Headphones for supporting this podcast all the way through. I do this podcast. I mean, this podcast is run and made on blue mic microphones and skull candy headphones. So it's very fitting that they be both involved as much as they are. Okay. Well, Damien Abraham is this episode's guest on the official Danko Jones podcast. Here's to 250,000 downloads, and here's to the next 250,000 downloads. We are headed straight to half a million downloads. Thank you to everybody. Let's start the podcast now.
1: Women. we're going to do an know. intro
2: there's always an intro you don't need to worry I know but I mean well hey Damien Abraham is, is, so we got uh, well let's face it gentlemen uh, we've, got, <laughs> we've got I mean there might be one lady listening no there's definitely on Twitter I've, like, I know, I, I, women I, are into there the are women like yeah. we're
1: not we're not if it was the Nick Flanagan Damien Abraham podcast <laughs> it'd be I all be, dudes
2: yeah it would just be oh. Gord
1: listening so to make sure <laughs> but, we didn't say anything <laughs> bad about him but, <laughs> and, uh, but we got Danko here he's got some sex appeal so oh well well I mean also gay men too. And, Don't and, you mean Stanko? <laughs> and, not, and not if you're not attracted to men you can't listen either. Stanko Jones as Chaos once called. Yes, <laughs> Chaos
0: <laughs> did call me Stanko Jones. And in, then- in case you guys
1: are
2: wondering, we're not talking about the
1: ancient force of chaos
2: <laughs> or the
1: comic book carry that embodied that ancient force yeah. in in uh, in Marvel Universe we're talking chaos. about the
2: rapper slash uh, troubadour no, rocker slash troubadour. troubadour wow K-O-S yes he
0: called me Stanko Jones and then uh, I think I told Tim like what I thought he was a wordsmith. <laughs> that's, that's
2: all he could come up with. You know, if they, if someone's name is just three three separate letters, and then, <laughs> then, and then I say, read his Hutchinson Post what about Oz? article. He's, if your name's, <laughs> an, acronym, then, your then, name's then, an acronym, although actually truly that's not an
0: acronym though. Not chaos. It's
2: just like a. It's like oh, a Kevin
0: over a, something. Oh, is it? Okay. No, I don't know. Society. <laughs>
2: yeah, Kevin over society. Probably it's something
1: like that. <laughs> I mean, I think what wow, you wow. This is starts off with, with a name. bang.
0: We're starting off beef again. <laughs> no, I'm not long, a chaos. Beef. No,
1: this is like now. Is if you talk about beef that's old enough, it's like it's like fossilized dog poop that's gone white. You know when dog poop goes yeah, white, you can it loses its impact. You can eat it. True enough. You can put it in a stew. Like, we're not talking about in the same, like, mind you, this is two dudes that were not involved in the beef at all being like, no, no, it's over, it's over. (laughs) Are you, Damien, are you glad that we never beefed? We never beefed, but I did get sucked into some uh, beefs that, in my mind, because of you guys. Was it, what, formaldehyde junkies? Uh, No, do you guys have beef with formaldehyde junkies? No, no, this is before that. I'm talking when I had beef with Deadly Snakes, because the Killer Elite had Deadly Snakes beef, and also Cred had Deadly Snakes beef. So you hated Deadly Snakes. You were on our side? I was definitely on your side. I can't believe we had fights. Wow, now no I, now I love the Deadly Snakes. I don't want to tell them i Killer
0: it. Elite had beef with the Deadly Snakes. Killer Elite. Uh, That's interesting because we, brought up? we Elite had beef with band. both those bands well, at Killer one Elite, point. If you'll
2: recall, so like in an interview, definitely, uh, bass, you know, just out of nowhere said they, or Mike, the singer, the other singer, <laughs> said he didn't like Deadly Snakes or uh, Danko Jones music. Or he didn't, even, he didn't like them. He just was like, he was like. I don't really believe them. Right? Believe. Was, was that, that what it was? It was basically that. And these guys are like, "What? We've known him for like a while. I've known him since goat dance." <laughs> yeah. Why is he saying this? And it was like I that. believed in goat dance um, too. It damn is, it. you know, it, it did come down. I think to um, Mike being like having that wrestling mentality. You know, yeah, and, no, and that's, also, and I, I know you had that period where you were starting all kinds of beef oh, with, good. of course, Billy Talent, who are well, on your I,
1: side. They started the beef. What, by, well, by, by just
2: waltzing, theoretically, into that they started the show. Mis-
1: <laughs> no, it was all that was a miscommunication. There was that that beef. I will, I will stand. I definitely will take a lot of blame on a lot of beefs where I just randomly talk shit. But it's also like it's on attention getting so much as it is like venting. Let's see how. Well, it's like when you're a little kid. Like when I look at you know you're probably you know anyone with a little kid is probably the same way. When you see a little kid with grab a microphone the first time, they want to see how loud it goes, right? right so they're right. like.
2: They want and, to put their dick on the microphone. Yeah, well,
1: like, and, and, and the first time you're, like, in a band and someone actually pays attention to you, you're like, let's yeah. see how loud it goes. So you yeah. talk the way you would talk I to your friends. things. Yeah, well, you talk the way you talk and to your friends. I, yeah, you know, I felt, it's true, and it's, like, comedy
2: was kind of, is the same way when you started doing that, and probably even when you were starting to do more, um things outside of fucked up and um and that's when you kinda go, Oh, I get it. I can't actually say anything. Yeah. <laughs> like the only you know, because it's true. I'm not it's true. this is like first of all, only represent this is representing the first me yeah. to like eighty percent of
1: people hearing this all the time. Oh you know what, you know yeah. what I mean?
2: Like most of the time it's like your first introduction to people until you get like super famous. Well that's what know? they
1: want you to do as a VJ, obviously, is they want you to not say anything bad, but like I can't do it. Like right. I really don't like 90% of the music out there so can I name one of those bands if, if it starts with a K and ends with a Perry that we might be close to <laughs> that's right <laughs> oh, I oh, Countdown to Oblivion that. singer Steve Perry I sang <laughs> <laughs> I sang in that band thank you very much Nick Flanagan <laughs> so it's a no beef you. so did Tango. Did you? Oh yeah, you saying with them? I filled I in. With I was a scab filling in for Chris Callahan when he went to China. Oh wow, oh, yeah. is that on videotape anywhere? I don't know. It's in the. It was at the Button Factory in Waterloo. But when I, practicing for Captain Oblivion was the most <laughs> intense making musical experience. Really I, making a I, Really making a statement. <laughs> was the most intense musical experience I've ever had in my life. How so? Because it Steve would be. Perry a it's Steve master? Perry, uh, who is a, an amazing. You know. Very you know, pillar figure. of, of yeah. Toronto punk rock for many yeah. years, uh, but he he sang in this band with Chris Callahan from Curse, and and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bringing all the listeners up to speed on the uh, shorthand that we're talking in here. Mm-hmm. And so I went <laughs> to his apartment to do this rehearsal, and you know I'm used to playing in hardcore bands, which is like, oh, if I don't know a word, I'll just make a noise that sounds like it should go there. <laughs> and so he's printed up the lyric sheets, and it is like. It is crazy. Like, it looks like something out of uh, a movie when they're training someone to fight a boss. I've still never understood,
2: hard like, hardcore That sounds
1: like Steve Perry. Well, oh, how
2: hardcore lyrics. There's, and emo, whatever. Like, there's a whole world of lyrics and I look at, and I'm like, how are these lyrics? These are, this is a book. Why do you write it? What is this? You know, yep. you couldn't get a publishing deal, so you gotta try, you
0: gotta... But what did you do when Steve presented you with the lyric sheet? Did you just I, go, uh well, he okay, was like, Steve, now whatever. I would be
1: like now I'd be like, Yeah, the fuck I'm doing that. But this one I right. was like I'm like, oh jeez, well I better study. So yeah. like, <laughs> we proceeded to do I wanna say like five hours of just vocal rehearsal over like two days mm-hmm. where we'd sit there and he'd take the sheet away from me, he's like, Now try it with other sheet and then they'd get the sheet back and it was just like
0: <laughs> Oh, it was like that. Totally sounds like just like Steve start, Perry. exactly.
1: It was like I've never and 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 like you know getting so stressed out. It was so <laughs> stressful.
2: <laughs> it was so stressful. And
1: how was the show? And then they were like, was... "Let's just
2: blow some steam and go to Who's Emma and <laughs> worry about what words we
1: let's say." Go, let's go down to Who's Emma and look through the same ten records a thousand times.
2: <laughs> what were you asking him?
1: Oh, oh how we, the show was. Yeah, the show was. Uh, I I with my back to the audience and I yeah. used a lot of Chris Collins. Nobody
2: could hear you. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: You know, garbage, you know. Like, no one was going to pick up it whether I got the course of spray Peck right, you know. Like
2: it was in like uh, it's in the desktop. button factory. It's it was the, in the like, button factory. Yeah. So it's just,
1: like this cavernous, giant room that's like a fifth I, full, yeah. and like it sounds echoing all around. I remember that being a
2: good. I like the show. We oh, there, yeah. I remember but really like you know, it. it stands up, but like, I think
1: that's yeah. before shows got. Crazy for punk shows and hardcore shows in Toronto. Like, I think it was when No Warning came in. Yeah. I remember the show, it was like Hate Breed and No Warning Open. Like, No Um, Warning had been around before, and there was moshing and and Tinker Combo and and The Swarm. But I remember the show when No Warning played with Hate Breed, and they had all these friends come up from America, and it was like the first time people in Toronto had seen that super hard style of dancing. (laughs) Right. I remember their kids like push moshing, and then some kid, like one of their friends from Boston, I think it was Mullet punching the kid in the face and he like just like was like exploded like a villain in Zelda like mm-hmm. just like
2: pop <laughs> I I I've, I've come to the conclusion <laughs> that I'm like uber self-conscious and also, probably have OCD. So, like, these are things that m- limit your musical spectrum. <laughs> you know what I mean? You ever think of it that way? Like, if you pick up one, th- people hate bands. Really, that's something funny here. I do think that this is totally the screw face capital. Even show to show, no matter you're fucking <laughs> fucked up. Danko Jones, you're gonna look in the audience in the front row, and there'll be one guy looking like his fucking girl. Like his no, I think he, it, what he like accidentally walked in and walked to the front, and then realized he didn't want to. Be I think Danko, <laughs> <or, then
1: laughs> and I have gone to the point now where your friends don't come anymore, so you don't have to worry about anyone that you know being bummed out. It's but just I'm like not all even strangers. About people you know. <laughs> it's I'm just true. talking
2: about like looking in someone. No, friend. I know what you're saying. You know, yeah. I'm actually talking about that thing. Yesterday, I did this show at Bambi's, so at this tiny venue in the in the you know. uh, in a basement, and uh, we started playing, you know, there's no lights, <laughs> like there's no indication the show has started, <laughs> except like the American apparel model DJing like stops the music, and then I start making this distorted noise into a microphone. And Second time you've mentioned her. Yeah, well, you're really into this. She, he is. I just thought it would be a good story. To a good, uh, you know, people the the great, the good people of uh, the Danko Jones podcast listenership now have more to. to uh, there should be a
1: spinoff picture podcast involved. about Nick's sexual conquests. I or know. lack of sexual, not yeah. lack of <laughs> conquest. I've never had an orgasm. <laughs> just hold it off. No, you're like What's the trick. I heard Woody Harrelson didn't too. Okay. No, I know what you're saying though. Like there's that there's that thing where. You look out, and no matter what, no matter how good the show is, you see the kid leaving.
2: Oh yeah, I was talking about wrong hole. Like yeah, there was a guy performing, or when I'm performing, we're getting started, and for like the first two minutes, this guy's in the front is just facing away from me. <laughs> and I'm just like, and I just the whole audience, the whole audience in. disappears, and you're yeah. only playing for that person. And I just yeah. spin him around. I'm just like, I do. I don't have time for this. I can't <laughs> emotionally. Do anything other than just either fight you or do something aggressive to you, and the, you know because it was just like it's just too insulting. Also, at
1: that point, it's it's a huge world. There's plenty of places for you to stand yeah. backwards. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> but you know the truth is, he was probably like he could have been on his way to the bar. You you know? Know? Yeah, no. like, that's but one I thing can't I One it, thing right. I took from you, and I and I and yeah. and, and that time is that like the audience is there to be fucked with. And not in like a mean, malicious way, but like in a, uh, both of you guys do, like, do it, like where you where you play with the audience. And if like, if you let for a second, the fear show, like if you had stood there and like stared at this guy with his back to the audience and not mm-hmm. turned him around, that would have ruined the show for everyone. Unless he, you made a big thing of doing that. Yeah, you know unless you mean? made that like, into the like, part of the thing. It's,
2: uh, but, but Which that's, is that, what I do, just yeah. because yeah. it's just, it's, it's easier.
0: You just let it go and you make a bit out
2: of it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That, and and now getting older, it's like, I just don't... I, I don't want to be this guy careening around the fucking room from, like, the back to the front.
1: You know hey, what I mean? Hey, not like, all of us can do it, Nick. No, you, you've you got
2: it. You've slimmed down.
1: <laughs> not all of us you're, can do it. You're better so by this guy, you mean Damien? Yeah. Is that what you mean? I don't
2: want to be this guy pointing right at <laughs> me.
1: You can't see it on the radio.
2: No, but, I mean, I kind of think, like, you... But you have a... a your, your thing is more like... um you're you're initially
1: rooted in place, just
2: because especially it's almost like because you are you're not as big as you used to be, but you were like a big presence. That yeah, was like yeah. All, that was what was always. But that
1: all came from the reason I started doing that is because we started playing shows when we started getting like all this big kind of indie buzz, where we booked into venues that were uh, considerably too big for us, and that you know happens to every band. And so I would be playing yeah. and their people would be, like, spread way the fuck out. Oh, yeah, you, oh, have, yeah, to mean, like, you, you, you have to do that. You have I'm not going to, like, yeah, stand yeah. there and just, like... Yeah.
2: No, I mean, I still do that yeah, all the time. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm just saying, like, I don't want to do it. No, I know what you're saying. Right? <laughs> it's, it's work. <laughs> it's like, Honestly, uh, it's, well, like it, it's also, work. like,
1: it, it changes what you're doing. You're no longer... Playing a show, you're now part of the sh- mm, the antics. Right? It can get so because you can't focus on what you're doing at that
0: point. Exactly. I used to do that the mm-hmm. first few time, first few shows that we played, and I, exactly what you said, Nick. It's too much work to get down and get back up, and, and the sound hit mix, your and mark like just
2: and matching with the sound mix and stuff, like with like hearing the guitars and like make sure everything. If you're like off stage and they're playing with the monitors, like it can be you don't know what the hell's going. Oh, on. Oh no, no, but that's part of the fuck. Yeah, it is. It is really yeah, fun. No. But it, I
1: know, I know what you're saying. Like, I think, I think it is. It, there are days where I like walk out on stage and like we'll be opening for someone. I'll be looking down on this huge stage. Like, mm-hmm. how the fuck am I going to get down from here today? Uh, I still play you know? at places that half the time don't have stages. And oh yeah, so it's
2: like. So I've. You're obligated to do that. Then. I have to like climb some fucking yeah. object and like wave at the people because you got to get the people in the back, and that's the only real way to get them to know that you're there and that you know about them. You know, or not the only way, but it's a way. And, and Matt from know. the
0: Bronx, he does that he does a great lot. job. And yeah. Michael Monroe from yeah. Hanoi Rocks, yeah, I've seen him do it with a broken leg. Yeah, Apparently, that's Ma- cool.
1: Uh, uh, Matt from the Bronx is like a, he's unbelievable as a as like a front. I person. think he's amazing. um
0: I mean, Michael Monroe is a, a, especially now at, at his age, uh, he's such an inspiration. I mean, he's he's doing what people half his age, oh yeah, can't like, even do like Iggy. Go, he's you, like an you go, you Iggy. He's like there, an Iggy. There's like genetic s- freaks out yeah. there, and and he looks great too. I mean, he
1: mm-hmm. looks great, and he's straight edge. Do you guys
2: yeah. think? Do you think you're a genetic freak? Do you think you do you see yourself being able to sort of do this? Thing?
1: No, I feel my knees going. Oh. <laughs>
2: It's crazy what happens to people's bodies. Yeah. I have friends who are like in their mid-40s, you know, and they look great or whatever. And then they're just like, oh, yeah, my back. I think my I, back is like I can't do anything, you know? Yeah,
1: Like, like I, I, my back's still fine, which I was worried about because I was weird. like, you know, not, not that I'm like was doing anything really insane. But like, you know, just doing a car wheel, just like landing on a flat back what what what's one of did my you do, you do cartwheels yeah i can do a cartwheel oh it's like one of those like i saw when i was a kid john belushi and i'm like i'm gonna do that one day and then i just like did so many bad ones eventually i can do kind of a cartwheel turnover now awesome. but but i would do that and just land on my back and this back when i was like 340 mm-hmm. and or just like jump off the stage and land on my knees or something like stupid and and it's like you, you look so great I, now too. I, oh, so, Well, yeah you do like, this is not on purpose Definitely. I did not try and lose weight. Like, I think... But you just cut things out without... I didn't even. I I, start, I started smoking pot and got mm-hmm. off my anti-anxiety pills and just found I didn't need to supersize the combo or get the double burger. I mean, I or... did
2: kind of... All you're, it is is portion control. Your drinking yeah. was really... Uh, it seemed like it was, like, intentionally out of control. Drinking, sense, you mean you know? soda. Soda, yeah. There, yeah. No alcohol, still. No, that, like, that that I was literally soda. mean drinking soda. Oh, yeah, I, was, I think that's that's damaging, you know, in a way. I was way. up to three that's liters a day. Yeah, like, if, you, if you're drinking that much of, like, liquid
1: sugar, yeah. right? Then it's like, you're, you're, it's not going to be good. No, I know. But and so, like, I, I really think, I, I definitely am not I'm, I'm happy that I found a way to kind of do this without changing too much of my lifestyle. Like, I was really worried that the only way you'd lose weight, you know, where I'd lose weight would be changing myself. And I didn't want to ever change myself. Mm-hmm. And I found, once I was off the anti Why is that? Um, because I think so much, as a fat kid... So much of your identity is tied to your weight, you know? like you're the fat kid, and right. like even a good a positive sense. I wouldn't even say necessarily a positive sense, but eventually the negatives become just part of the psychosis who you, you know? are. yeah, like it just becomes right. like part of who you are. And so I was Damien, you know, and like fat Damien, and I, and I'm still like big, like I'm never gonna be svelte you know and like muscular or anything like that but i i'm gonna be svelte or muscular you know because of the lack of effort that you want to yeah exactly but i I mean like but even more than that like i just don't have an interest in that like i don't like sports like which is the hardest part about being a parent now is i got a kid that loves sports so i have to watch sports but uh, uh but i've like lost like all this weight from just you know luckily just Smoking weed, <laughs> like I, I don't I'm, think it's that it's gonna work that way for everyone. So I, yeah, I have like horrible body image
2: right now. I think everyone does, and I, I, I feel like I look like garbage. I live like garbage. <laughs> I'm <laughs> you guys gotta help. I'm me. just nodding my head. You know what you need to do? Start smoking. <laughs> Go <weed>. on. <laughs> I like pot. It's great, but I don't think it's right for me. No, I that's think, the thing. It's not right for. I anyone. think that I think that if I were smoking pot, well, I don't know. Actually, vaporizers really changed everything a little bit because you kind of don't have that thing where you're smoking. You're smoking. So what smoking does is it actually makes you a little tired in a way. Like it's kind of like drinking a pop in a in a like any kind of like smoke inhalation is like. You do it and it feels, it's like initially stimulating, but then you're kind of like, (laughs) like,
1: not to get, not, not to make this all a weed podcast, Joe Rogan over here, but, uh, I just want, uh, that's probably because you're smoking something that's an Intica dominant and that's like more of like a downer, but if you smoked a sativa dominant with more THC and less CBD, those are the two different types of trichomes. Uh, I think there's three different types or something, but those are the two main ones. You'll, you'll probably not be as tired.
2: There's so much stuff that I if I oh, could take yeah. back oh, yeah. between the ages of like 16 and 21, let's say. Not even getting into what I was saying when I was doing comedy when I first started, but that I would I like I like the comedy you were said. doing when
0: you first started.
2: I you know, this yeah, the guy someone I said the other day it was
0: so
1: dark.
2: Very dark. <laughs> yeah, but you know without justification cuz I'm like a twenty-one-year-old intro. <laughs> that's what, that's yeah. what was so
1: funny about it. Yeah. I've become
2: be, the real. most privileged person, saying the most offensive things. Yeah, but that's what was funny
1: about it. Um, you no, know you should do because you're wearing a Nick. Retire. Nick Nick's wearing no. Nick's wearing a best show ever shirt with all the names. Like it's like that style of T-shirt, like the Ramones one. There's like a public enemy. Paul, Ringo, John. Yeah, yeah, the Beatles George. one. And uh, but his is all the people involved with the the amazing radio show, the best show. I think you and me, Nick, should write our names in pen on the bottom. <laughs> and Nick and Damien you
2: know I wish I wish twit. that I, I would have liked to do that but then I saw I saw Tom, first of all we didn't make the thank yous
1: and I, <laughs> I, we made the Twitter thanks the next day we did yeah there was Twitter thanks the next day they,
2: they sent us both of our names yeah 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 oh, if I you didn't go through that. he did
1: like a big thing like I can't believe I'm sorry I forgot these people and it was like John I'm, Worcester did that? no no no, 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 no. Tom Sharp Tom, Tom did, did. Yeah. but the uh, and the people like on the uh, I was in good company and like I'm mm-hmm. like hey if you Forgot about me with like, I wasn't mad, yeah, yeah. Some jobbers, all. like, I'd be like, Oh, it wasn't geez. even about being mad, it was like about if you had said like... Nick Flanagan and not Damon, Abrams, I would have been pissed. <laughs> <laughs> we're always, we're always well. Tom we Sharpling,
0: he, he, uh, what did he do? He, he bigged up the show, he did
2: for he did 18 Wheeler Zine in the in the in the 90s. No, I mean, yeah. about this podcast, yeah, he so picked he, up the podcast. Oh, yeah, he sanctioned it. He sanctioned, he sanctioned the... He sanctioned it. I don't remember if he actually sanctioned it. He or. did. That's nice of him to do. When,
0: yeah. when, you were on, when you were on the show with Dave Hill, he yeah, sanctioned the podcast. Both
2: times that he was nice enough to say, like, come into the studio. It was, it was both with these, like, other guests who were, like, so cool. I, I don't think I'd met... Uh, no, I, I'd met... I knew Ted Leo because I'd met him... In Toronto, Rowan? You no, know, in Los Angeles, I think. I met him in Los Angeles.
1: But he always seemed like the most accessible person involved in that show to me because he was a hardcore kid.
2: Yeah, I mean, Ted Ted Leo is, like, a really good example of somebody who's, like, just, like, a pretty great guy or whatever. Played in Citizen's Arrest. Oh, he did. Yeah, Yeah. Ted
1: Leo's in the original lineup.
0: I met him once. He was a nice guy. Really nice guy. When he was on, um, fuck, what's that? Uh, Mint. Yeah. No, he was on Lookout. Lookout. Oh, because they but were maybe
1: Mint was distributing in Canada. Yeah,
0: there was like a brother so. sister yeah. Mint and Lookout yeah. were together. And then
1: and even and Whoever that, thought Mint a... would be the one that survived that sibling relationship. Is right. there a book on Mint right? Yeah, 20 years, Mint 20 Years of Mint. Or something like that. I've I r- never... read it. It's 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 cool. Like that story that label's like a, a really cool. They put Satan a they sucks.
0: They uh, they but passed
1: you're on. you are the best. They passed
2: on you guys? Yeah
1: fucking smoke. Yeah, and I remember when Cub were
2: like, <laughs> remember when Cub came out and people were like, this is the great uh power pop hope of uh uh, of uh, of Canada and uh, and I loved them I love I go them. back no like I, I, I actually them to come again it's it's different like, I was writing letters to them too I
1: hated I, them when they were around like because I'm like this does not I don't like this I loved that shit for some reason because
2: I was like an indie rock kid with like k records and um kill rock stars more so I was pretty open yeah, to like Boy racer and like uh heavenly and all that stuff that was more like super uh syrupy or whatever uh, that's why yeah. because yeah.
1: you were like an indie rock nerd and I was a hardcore warrior so that's why I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. And look at which one of us is uh, smoking weed now. Smoking weed now.
2: I was like sold on Rancid for like about, just about the Salvation video. Uh, when I was a kid, and I was like, I was like, I was like, these guys are cool, and then uh, and then I kind of was all right with it. But then they got so popular,
0: you said, Fuck them. I like, Fuck them.
2: The thing is, if you can write like catchy songs, well, who cares? Well, also, like, rancid
1: got me into like so much cool shit, you know, yeah, like, rancid, Jim Carrol, like Jim Carroll. I went, King I, King yeah, Jim Carrey got me into Jim. They said the mask is awesome, but no, Jim Carroll, like, <laughs> they had Jim Carroll on Outcome the Wolves. And so my uh. brother and I went as like fourteen year old kids to oh, yeah. meet Jim Carroll, and we got his autograph and really? talked to him. And, like, wow, that's pretty. heavy, yeah, man. it was awesome. And then, like, and I was like, propaganda got me into Noam Chomsky. I wouldn't right. I probably would have never right. heard, you of heard of him. Well, Chomsky. I would have heard of Noam. Noam Chomsky as an as like a by nineteen ninety
2: nine, like by the, by the Bush administration. Yeah, but, and, like Noam Chomsky was like just everyone was
1: but, handing you Noam Chomsky and be like, oh, you have to agree with. This. I remember, but I remember like <laughs> handing in papers this. to school, and in the footnote, teachers would be like, Noam Chomsky, like he's not what? Like, (laughs) but it was just because of propaganda. It it was because like, you know, I was out there digging in libraries being like, there's got to be systems of power beyond my perception. My parents,
2: I think it was my parents had like taped manufacturing. I mean, my, you know, my family had like ad busters and stuff. Yeah. They were like, when I was like 11 years old and I was like, I loved it. You know, I thought, I thought that it was, uh, that was like, and I think Andy Kindler was saying that too when we interviewed him. He was like, he was like, Nick, you're probably the kind of person who was like 12 years old, like talking about Bob Dylan and stuff.
1: And he kind
2: of was, you know, like it was like really early. So on. So that's why
1: you peaked too early, and that's oh, why you became so reactionary at 16. Yeah, well, to 21. Know, yeah. because you were like,
2: but that's that, it, you know, because like, I had my reactionary
1: man. swing back phase in my mid 20s where I remember doing a zine and there's a list. Oh, there's so much shit in that zine I regret doing.
2: The fact you even did a zine in your mid 20s <laughs> is laughable.
1: <laughs> Hey, I, I, I did a, mine when I was fourteen. You, you, bro. You, you gotta come by. You gotta come by and see my library in my house, which is—I'm gonna say—75 percent old zines. It's just <laughs> issues of dishwasher. I would love. Do you have any old issues
2: of dishwasher? I used to have one issue of dishwasher. Do you have any old zines? Awesome. Um, maybe lying around at my parents' That's house. I, I, but they wouldn't be all. The best ones I got were like I had this one called Great God Pan from I've got, uh, yeah, that, San Francisco. You got the one that
1: came with a seven inch of all the punk bands. No, nah, mine had like interviews band.
2: with like Sun City Girls, I like boyfriends. It was pretty and leather uppers. It was really great, and then uh, Dishwasher. So many flip sides, so many fucking flip sides. You're like
1: a dishwasher. Dishwasher
2: was great, but all dishwasher was was a guy writing. You know, dishwasher. Do you ever read it? It's uh, familiar, but it it was like a guy chronicling washing dishes in 50 states. That was like his big. Oh, I know. And he got on Letterman eventually, but he didn't get on Letterman. Like he sent a guy as him to go on Letterman. Yeah, it was so crazy. Um, But yeah, uh, I feel like there was, you know, some Canadian ones like Montgomery, Steamboat Willie, Pumpkin Seeds, Slushy. This is definitely not So do you have any cool zines? (laughs) Uh, No, I had no no cool zines.
1: I actually actually probably did have a few. Is is Heart Attack, does that count as a zine? Not a cool one. Slug and (laughs) Lettuce? No, that's cool. cool. Uh, No, no, no. I'm really looking for my number one zine on my want list. Who's the what's there's the, a want list? Slam! I got of mag- so every for, issue I've got like, of Slam magazine. I got three want lists now: records, zines, and weed strains that I want to try. Really? Yeah, and I like I, the mental ones. Like I don't physically have them except for the record list. But, right. But the uh, but but the m- number one zine on my want list is what's the name of the woman who does that website? Alien porn What's the punk porn website? Not Suicide Girls. The other one that's big too. Uh, kink.com. No, it's like a Brazzers. Punk. No, Brazzers. it's like a punk. She's like a punk kid, like a legit punk rocker. Brazzers is like actually Burning Angel. Oh, oh yeah, yes, that's of famous. Course. Yes. The woman who runs that did a zine. Oh wow, is she
0: is she really like? She was an old a legit hardcore
1: kid. Yeah, oh. like I know a bunch of people that went to, like shows with her. And Isn't stuff.
0: that Joanna Angel? I guess that's really. She, is that her name? Is that her handle? I could be wrong. But. I don't know. By oh wait,
2: one of my favorite Maximum Rock and Roll series of issues <laughs> were the ones that had big inter, big jail interviews with Gigi Allen. Yeah, and also the ones the, Danko Jones, the Dango
1: Jones one. Oh, it was, it was like, like advertising. Like, for yeah, them no, guys. it, was, it like, was like it was like a game. It, it was like the butt. enemy. It was like the enemy is for those bands in England at first. Like it was like shit that I. There's no way we could live up to they were saying about us, mm-hmm. and it was like, and then like yeah, I knew as I was reading it, like because I'd seen because I had been the guy that had loved Tear It Up and then hated Tear It Up for no reason, just at some point, just like fuck Tear It Up because I'd just seen their name too much, right? Yeah, and, I, and like I go back and listen to the records I didn't like, and I like them now too. But um, mm-hmm. but like you know, so I've been that guy. I've been that kid that just at some point is just like, oh yeah, I'm sick of hearing about this band. So I knew it was coming, right. <laughs> you know. But luckily, it came at the exact same time Vice started writing about us. Yeah. So it was right. like, yeah. But I remember reading a review by a friend of mine. Uh, that I'd stayed with just trashing us and just being like, holy shit! I yeah. remember when
2: you guys were gonna sign to Jade Tree. And uh, someone who owned a label said to me, It's over for them. Oh, like, he was like, There's no way they're going to lose their base. Like, nobody's going to. Like, it's. it's I know. I, you know, I have no respect for them. And it's like, it's like Jade Tree. It's not even like. I think, not, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a, a, a label that went under because it was a small label,
1: like, two years later. Well, I think it's like one of those things where, and I, and I can say this because I'm that guy, but like, I want you around. To stay the exact same way you yeah, are until I'm sick of you, and then you go away. Of course, but do you do you love
2: the earliest work the most? A fucked up. Yeah, not the earliest work, not the demos, work, but that mid period, the stuff that was. I feel like there's something really, really, really interesting. I I, I love Chemistry of Common Life a lot. You know, Yeah, it won a Polaris it. Prize,
1: Nick. So yeah. uh, before you talk shit on it, you fucking dick. No, no, no.
2: I, fucking I, dick. I, I have no shit to talk about any any of your work. <laughs> no, I'm just I, kidding. i But um, well, I could probably find something about some of your work. Didn't you do like 37-minute drone tracks? We
1: established you were in the killer elite. Yeah, right? So killer, we can go killer. from there. All so of my bands are You take your camel terrible, bag bro. seven inch. No, you're fucking... T-Rocaba's <laughs> <commas laughs> one that legitimately... You saw my... Hey, both of you guys saw the list I made for now. I did. You know, oh, yeah, my did. Thank you very much. I've got to remember to... And I really I thank Damien online. online. I, I, really I texted him or so. No,
2: we talked, we talked about it We, on talked. The we ran into on the street. I talked and I made fun of you, and then you were like, "Hey, I just put you in this." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Fuck. But Dick, uh, you fucking no, Dick no, no. I, like there was there was that period of like years When ages. I have beef with
1: Nick, his nickname's not going to be Stanko Jones, but in that vein, Dick Nick, Dick Nick, <laughs> Dick Flanagan, Dick Flanagan, yeah, Dick Flanagan,
2: <laughs> And the funny thing is, um, one of the biggest knocks on that and. Even Brutal Nights, even though really it only sounded like that for like the first two records, was people would be like, Oh, it sounds like you know, like two old guys in Buffalo and like Cleveland would would or or Milwaukee or somewhere would like would write online, Oh, these guys sound like it's like rock. R. A. W. K. It's like nineties, you know, junk records, you know, electric Frankenstein like <laughs> stuff and it's just like Okay Which first. <laughs> yeah, but, that's the thing. but, but right. in a way it's like it's thing. like don't pretend that that's not part of this whole stupid thing you know <laughs> what I mean like it's like oh I'm sorry that you know we're not clock
1: cleaner <laughs> but that was like there's, there's just times and periods where people like want a certain thing right you can look at the prevailing taste of the bands that are popular and you can tell what people are into at that time and it's like you can chase that and there are bands that chase that mm. you know and they're like oh this is what we gotta do now and it's like that will look so lame in the end everyone and gets
2: bummed out like oh so God, just I like, want to name so many names you
1: just do what you do and then if you, if people like it they mm-hmm. like it and if they don't you can't force them you like, i think that's the thing with us like we just i don't think at any point we're like okay We've got to write songs that indie and hipsters like, so so we can get free clothes and do this. Like we just wrote these songs and like whatever happened happened. And like yeah, I can I could walk you through every decision we ever made. And I assure you, it was never like there were definitely calculated decisions on Mike's part and calculated things that he did. It's a good thing, but, but it, I, I think it was yeah. like never the stuff that that looked as well thought out. Like you know what label to sign to. We signed a J Tree because. Uh, um, one of the j Tree dudes, I'm trying to remember which one, approached me when we opened for Hardskin in Philly, and I was like, "Who's putting out your LP?" We're like, I don't, "We don't know," and he's like, "We'd do it." Yeah, and I'm like, "Okay," and then I got a Turning Point on Gold out of the deal, my most wanted record on my wall list back then. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is like even
2: say so a, a guy comes up to you and shows like oh I'll put everything and even that is somehow selling out. You know like a, yeah. like it's like, like not it, I'm not saying it is but it's viewed as as that way. I think it's also changed a lot
1: now from then. Like oh, there's yeah. everyone's still, a sellout now. Yeah. There's
2: no there's no every there's no fucking rules like everyone I don't know why that is, you know. Cuz I think these companies sad.
1: these companies got really smart and really savvy and they're like you know like years ago It would be Nike, or not Nike, uh, Pepsi would put millions into Michael Jackson and then millions into Madonna. And then Mm. both those personalities did controversial things and fucked up and blah, blah, blah. And and the brands were so tied to them that I think these companies now realize that the, the smarter way to do it is just disperse disperse it you know like give a bunch have a festival put on a festival put on a couple records and like you look at the companies that are doing it skateboarders I really think it's like test markets right now like if you look at Scion is a a division of Toyota which Mm -hmm. is the big company Uh, Green Label Sound Mountain Dew is a division of Pepsi which is the big company so you almost look like these are like their feelers trying to figure out the infrastructures they'll need and things like that and then when these big companies sign artists Mm it's going to be a huge artist and that's and they'll figure out how to do it. And it, it just makes yeah. so much more... My dad used to work for Pepsi, and he was telling me that one time in a meeting, they'd be like, you know, it, it's just it's a shame that we don't actually ever own the artist. We're always going through a record label. Mm-hmm. But now they do. Now you can own but the that's, artist. But that's what I was actually... I've been so obsessed with
2: lately, is but, the idea of ownership of your stuff um, and, like, how much it's worth and just, like... Because in punk, I think, like, some level of it, there's just no contracts and stuff. And mm-hmm. and then in, in the end, you wind up... Uh, kind of in a weird place if there's even any amount of airplay any amount of usage of your songs you know and and, uh, and, and it's like why not just now put everything out yourself yeah you know unless you're at Scion, a certain like, level for
0: example Scion you mentioned Scion they put it's out a scion of the times. They put out a, a coc ep and a yob live album mm-hmm. that I know of. Yep. How are they ever going to use that the
1: way they were able to hire Michael Jackson? Because but coc I think, has like an audience. No, but I don't think I don't think what you're doing. You're not going for a coc fan now. You're going for that guy years from now. But you're also trying to just make your brand. Look cool yeah. and be like, this brand isn't like those brands. I'll buy
2: a it's Scion. A I can one. actually get in free to Gilman Street if I. Scion, <laughs> 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 because weird partnership. I think of
1: Gilman will be the last place that that sells out that way.
2: Yeah, I mean, but that's it. But, is you know, because I, I also think that there was kind but of. But I'm not, and
1: also like, I'm not faulting. See the people like, obviously there's there's some motives in there, but like I'm not faulting these people at these companies that do these jobs like. My job is to find a band to give free stuff. Well, at the end of the day, there's a guy at
2: Scion who loves Yob. Yeah, Yeah. that really is what it comes down to. And, and, you know, you kind of see it. One of the most interesting things to see in the last 10 years in American um, punk, you could call it stuff, but it's a little bigger than that, uh, is all these people that you first meet who you're like, oh, that's the cool tour manager for this, like, super punk band. This is, like, the cool punk booker. They all get fucking real jobs that are huge. You know what I mean? Like, over ten years, people get more and more professional, and you're like, oh. And and reading even – I was reading some article about, like, oh, I hope 2014 is the year the word hipster dies, which would – sure, that would be great, I guess. But –
0: It'll just revert back to It it, it defined
2: It defined it very interestingly, which was – we live in an era of like w- curated consumption where it's like, you know, f- like it's like white people foo-boo. <laughs> sorry, sorry, what? Bias. <laughs> so, sorry, what, what, what? No, not that. But it's just like.
1: <laughs> then we have to beat the entire intellectual conversation we've had.
2: <laughs> no, but we, we live in this era of like um, uh, of uh, curated consumption where it's still very much capitalism. It's still very much like. Getting in, like like you know, consuming things and constantly needing to to feed. But it's this stuff that we everyone fed. grew up with, yeah. And it's got more accessible than ever, you know. And I, it's it's like I think nineties culture is because of those are the people who are older now and thus probably have more money and, and are more stable. It's got a stranglehold, you know what I mean? On 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 uh, everyone's, everyone everyone can access that and see it most easily, and it's it's a huge influence now and. You know, it, it's all, it's the old, don't trust anyone over 30, still. Well, I think, I think the... think what I'm saying, the, kids. Is anyone under 30 listening to this?
1: Like, it's gone from that being 1% or a, a point of a percentage of the population that yeah. was aware of kind of like hate zines and punk rock and cool hip-hop and all this kind of like black yeah. metal and all this kind of yeah. stuff that's part of this giant cultural cool stew that's now yeah. just spilling out into the mainstream but you know what i mean
0: is isn't that what everybody wanted the that's, people yeah. that are, that's really what it, yeah. it comes the end to, result is right, anyways but I think what people and now that it's wanted, happening well that's the thing is like people are people kind of resenting people, it. people like,
2: want a handcrafted thing you know like that was the thing about zines right is like it's so it's not so different from the internet but there is something about the internet and the fact that like it's a bunch of numbers and programming that you're looking sure. at rather than some pages that someone either wrote on and photocopied or like typed on and photocopied and then folded and <laughs> You know, like, stapled. Like, I think that aspect of it...
1: The
0: hands-on approach. That and, and the people the who...
2: I mean, the zines are
1: still around. I think I think when we did we did that Best Show panel, Nick and oh, I, yeah, I yeah. the last Best Show, I don't think we ever talked about how we are we, speaking engagement. Yeah, we did but a speaking we, engagement. When we recently, did that... Our
2: second pa- that we've done together.
1: But when That's we did that true. panel, like, here's a group of people in Toronto that have been brought together by a community radio show. Like, I think we right. have, we have, like... That have come together in a movie theater on like a freezing terrible night. Yeah. And and just to talk about this radio show. This like and it and it's, it's so crazy. It was so but like, weird. You have millions of these little pockets now. Like there's just so yeah. I find it really exciting that there's so many little scenes. And it's like there's a lot of hegemony mm-hmm. in the hegemony, sorry, in the in the upper echelon. Sure. But, like, mm-hmm. but now if like if you're like, I like sludge with black metal parts and then maybe someone singing operatic Right. There's probably a little scene of the doing There's a little group of people. I I mean, it makes it less
0: lonely. Way less lonely. I guess I'm talking
1: about the uniformity,
2: though, it's like it somehow involves the fact that everything is so stratified and categorized. I can't really explain how that... I understand. You know, like, it's like the fact that it's all within... But I like it like that because we always...
1: I don't think just that human human nature is just you want to break down things into manageable bits of information we, like we organize our books our records we alphabetize yes, things that's we, how i
0: do it
2: what stresses me out about having music on ipods having music on my computer and stuff is like i just want it to sound good
0: you know i don't yeah. even care if it sounds good. no i, I, I want it to sound good because you talking about what was that band you're saying you loved mm-hmm. it when it was like they're raw fucked up no, it wasn't fucked up. It was another band. Anyways.
1: we got a new album coming out too. What's it called? It's going to be called Nick, Nick's Crisis. Actually, uh, it's going to be called Music 50 Foot Radius. <laughs> Fuck you, Nick. Stole your title. Hey. hey Is that
2: what we were going that to call You were it? going to call the <laughs> Teen Red Cowboy album? Music I 50 Foot Radius. Music 50 Foot Radius? Or you are going, going to call it... Or you
1: were going to call it... Judgment Night 2 soundtrack. Well, we did call it. Yeah, it, that's yeah, what we called it. I, know, I remember your take between two. the two.
2: <laughs> Music, 50-foot radius. No way, myself. Do you remember
1: right. when you and me were going to start? The Dungeons and Dragons. A, yeah, Dungeons oh, and Dragons I would campaign. Love to do Vapor that. Social says we can do it there. They, they so. I got to do oh, it over Skype. Is there a DM? For... Yeah. Do you guys have a DM? We don't have a DM yet. That's what every campaign is looking for. We don't have a DM. It. We do. The woman that works there who owns it, Camille, is a DM. DM for Dude, years. Dude, I'm in. I'm you in. in? I'm in. Have you seen if that Twitter? I would do, we'll do it. it with,
2: honestly, I would have to Skype with you guys on it because I'd be probably away. I now I've I haven't I have not have not played D D since TSR. <laughs> How cool would it be to be playing? D, it, well, it, it's still TSR, but it's Wizards of the Coast. And uh, but and we Lawrence, would no, we would play TSR. We played TSR, TSR second, second edition. edition. We played second it's edition. The only nice. one I know. Yeah, because I I still have my yeah. players manual.
0: Cool. I actually I got all that shit down there. I got all that shit. Oh look at that! It's it's over
2: it's over there. You have first edition,
1: right? I have, you have, no, you have I have second, second edition. edition. Yeah. Second
2: was the best. Second, at, oh I God. went to Harborfront Front Dungeons I, and Dragons I, me camp. Me too. For like, two two weeks in a two two two
1: years in a row. I went two like two or three Let's years. fucking do this. Let's do this. Is this how yeah. we're gonna end the podcast? We get yeah, okay. you, me, Dave. Dave Dave's, would probably. do yeah, it I think Dave would do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so
0: fucking down for it. But oh. I'll be on Skype.